0: Welcome everybody to our podcast this week. I'm Hayden Bolick, owner of Pediatric Developmental Therapy, and today we have Kirstie Miles, one of our team leads at PDT. She leads up the Purple team. And Kirstie, I know that you've been with us a couple other times, but will you introduce yourself again for anybody who is first time listening? Uh,
1: My name is Kirstie Miles. I am a physical therapist over in the Southern Pines area. I Help to oversee contract sites, including Sandhill Children's Center in Southern Pines and Rockingham, the Children's Developmental Center in Rayford, and the Southern Pines office, including outreach visits, home visits in Moore and Richmond County, primarily, and some in Hoke County.
0: Very good. All right. That basically translates into you have a lot of therapists you're responsible for, and a wide area responsible for them when they're there. <laughs> right, yes, <ma'am. laughs> and I take
1: it very seriously as yeah. far as you know how they how they run, how how efficient, um, and making sure everybody gets seen.
0: Yep. Well, you do an excellent job. Y'all are rocking and rolling over there. Our um, sort of running joke with Kirstie, and this is a very positive thing, is you run a tight ship. Yes. <laughs> We like, yes, that. we like it. We like it. We like it. Yes, you heard that. Well, what we're talking about today is smart documentation for the working therapist. We have to document, that's a given, but and we're going to talk about that, but how to do it in a smart, effective way. So, let's get right on into it. First, we have to document, but let's define what documentation is. And that is evaluations, which of course plan of care A progress note, communication of the caregiver, and then any other documentation like IEPs, IFSPs, or any documentation that would be required per our contract sites or insurance company or agency. Right, Kirsty, am I leaving something out? Uh No, I
1: think you're. Touching
0: on all of Yep. And then, so why do we document? What's our, why Why do we have to document? You and I live and breathe it, so we don't really think sometimes to slow down to think why we have to document, but basically, why do we have to document? Well, I'll say one of the reasons. One of the reasons is government payers, like Medicaid and insurance companies, basically, anybody who pays us they have to verify that we actually saw the child. When you document or saw the patient, when you document, that basically verifies that this service actually happened. So, you know, in our practice at Kirsty, can you talk a little bit about that, about the fact that it's not if you document, it's just sort of ingrained in what we do? Well,
1: when I'm sure everybody, when they entered PTOT um, speech graduate school, basically one of your first courses that you have to take, and they introduce you to your practice act and your ethical guidelines. It is brought up right then and there, your first semester on campus, that you are looking at your practice act, which states that you have to document for therapies provided. And in the practice act, it does talk about the timeliness of documentation, and TDT has their definition of timeliness when we're looking at when daily notes are documented and when evaluations are completed. And with daily notes being documented, our general guideline is that daily notes are completed daily, on a daily basis, because that gives the best picture of what happened in that session. And as far as evaluations go, we have a five-day write-up policy. Not five business days, but five days. And that is just to ensure that from the time the child walks in the door for an evaluation to when we can get started with treatment by the time its authorization is gotten for that therapy, that we can do that in the most timely manner. So if somebody's outstanding 10 days, 15 days from when they initially evaluated that child, it just holds up the time that that child can get back in for treatment.
0: Yep. Exactly. It does hold up how long they can get back, all that you just said. But then also if you don't document so that if Medicaid or any insurance company, it doesn't matter who, that pays us for these services, if we can't produce these daily notes for when we build the services out, then basically, you know, that's fraudulent practice because then you have to basically prove that you saw the child and the daily note is that. It's proof that you actually saw the child. And other people, not anybody ever associated with PDT, you know, have gone to prison for just not documenting. You know, they've basically made up that they saw the child, which could be done, and that's fraud. So you have to document. No ifs, ands, or buts. But also it provides an audit trail for insurance companies so they can make sure that you're doing, you know, basically the services that you build for. So the Daily Note also provides an audit trail. It also provides information for you know, cross-training the company or just communication of what was happening during that therapy session within our organization, within PDT. The Daily Note provides documentation across therapists.
1: Yeah, so if you wanted to know what was going on in the speech session or what they're working on or what they know and how to communicate, then we would be able to look that up know how we can engage in our
0: session. Exactly. And if, you know, you supervise people, Kirsty, I supervise people and I'm not talking about just in terms of the fact that you're the supervisor or lead that whole purple team. I'm talking about a physical therapist and a physical therapy assistant, you know, in that kind of situation. As the supervising therapist, you need to be able to see exactly what happened with that child on any given session. You know, because that assistant is following your plan of care and you need to make sure that that plan of care is followed. Also, speak a little bit about, like, safety. What's written in a daily note to sort of communicate, if a different therapist came up behind you, what they need to see in your daily note. Yeah,
1: and my general rule of thumb for writing a daily note is that any therapist walking in behind you should be able to pick up your note, read it, and know, generally speaking, what goes on in your therapy session just the activities that are being done, what stretches are being done, what areas are being strengthened. And that kind of ties into another point, too. And a therapy note, particularly for OT and PT, does tie into a little bit of billing, and that does go back into the audit because your billing, what you're billing out, has to be reflected in your daily note. I speak from PT terms because being a physical therapist, so if you build out code therapeutic activities, a lot of different things can be defined as an activity, a one-to-one activity, but if you're doing all of stretching in a 45-minute session and all you document is stretching, then you better not build gait training code and you better right. not build a neuromuscular re code unless you have something to justify that that's what you did in that session. Um mm-hmm. But I did just want to touch on that a little bit when we were talking about being fraudulent. You want to make sure you're documenting what you do in that note because it does go back to the billing. And then as far as just safety in general, when you're looking at what you're documenting in the note, any safety piece that happens during Mm -hmm. a session, whether you're introducing a new piece of equipment, whether you use kinesio tape in a session, whatever instruction is provided to that parent should always be put in the daily note. Just for example, last week I introduced a bath chair. To a family, and I brought it out to the home. And it is a loaned chair; it's not one we've purchased through their insurance. It's one somebody no longer needed, so it was being stored in storage. I took it out, I bleached it down uh, before bringing it out to the home, and cleaned it best I could. But when I took it into the home, my first comment was to bleach it down real good to your standard of clean. Mm -hmm. Now. I put that in the note because I want to know that I did talk about the cleanliness of it and that the family needs to then clean it behind me, but also went through the Good point. Um, yeah. the setup, the how to use it. I documented all of that in my note. I documented down to how to get the child out of the bathtub safely. So mm-hmm. it's low. It sits low in the bathtub. You are going to have it all the way back in the reclined position. You're never going to leave the child unattended. That's always like a key phrase that I use for birds cover me and you'll never leave the child unattended in the bathtub when you go to remove the child out of the bathtub you're going to drain all the water out of the bathtub you're going to wrap that child and dry them off as you can in a towel because lifting them out of the bathtub is a lot of work on you and it's also you're lifting out a slippery child that's not giving much assistance in the lift Mm -hmm. so you want to be as safe as possible all of that safety piece did go in my note because now if anything ever were to happen, which I hope it doesn't, but I want whoever sees that to know that I documented and I went through with that parent.
0: Well, And, I and think- now
1: that serves as proof that I went through that safety um, session with them.
0: Well, and I think that also, if another therapist was to come in behind you the next session, or whatever, or you know, a month later, they know the child's got a bath chair or whatever piece of equipment it is. So if they say, okay, how's that going with the bath chair? And if the family says, oh, well, we've never used it because we were never shown how to use it, they can pull your daily note up and say, well, actually, Kirsty went through this on such and such date, and she showed you A, B, C, and D. And there's not much you can say in response to that if it's documented in your daily note, you know? Right. And it speaks also to your professionalism because you cared to, number one, go through it with the patient and cared enough to write it down. If you didn't care enough to go through it and write it down, then easily somebody coming behind you would be like, well, I don't, she just left this bath chair here. I can't believe she didn't even go through any of the safety precautions. Mm-hmm. You could have done all that, but if you didn't write it down, nobody knows it. Right. Yeah, so it speaks to your professionalism. And another thing that the daily note does is also, It helps you as a therapist sort of stay on track. So you kind of know, okay, this is where we started. This is Uh where we are now. This is where we're going. You know, are we moving in the right direction? Have I gotten off, you know, have I taken a left turn and now I'm in Egypt somewhere and I didn't mean to be in Egypt. I was planning on going to this one place, but now, you know, with this goals, are we in the right place? And I think it keeps the therapist accountable because if we're not moving forward and we're not making progress on their goals, we're just sort of wasting time. So it helps me stay accountable. You know, and keeps me on track that way. One thing I also wanted to mention too was, you know, I always say to people each session, do what you say you're going to do in that plan of care, build accurately what you did, not too little, not too much, just write exactly what you did, and then write it all down. Uh So that sort of also speaks to what you're saying about that fraudulent behavior. But, you know, because if you just are accurately doing what you said you're going to do, then you Build it correctly and you write it all down. One story I was going to tell, speaking about professionalism and daily notes, was I was at a conference, a PT conference a couple of years ago. There was a couple of people there from this one agency. So I was talking to this lady and said, oh, I met your coworker. You know, she's super nice. And y'all sounds like y'all got a great program going. And it was another county away, somewhat near us, but not too close. Anyway, and the lady that I was talking to said, yeah, well, I'm glad you met so-and-so. I said, she seems like she really knows about, about some a different, couple of different therapy issues. And she said, Yeah, she's a great therapist, but, you know, her documentation, she is always behind. And I thought, oh, wow, that's not how I really want to be known as a professional. You know, I don't want somebody to say, oh, she's a great therapist, but, man, her documentation is the pits. You know, because right then it just sort of kills you, you know. And then I I sort of left me with a bad taste in my mouth about this other therapist who really knew what she was talking about. But I hope I'm not labeled that way. (laughs) I don't want to be, you know, but if you don't write your stuff down, you will be.
1: Another, another thing that I have therapists add to as an important need in that objective section of the notes is what did you provide for a home program? Because mm-hmm. in your Medicaid authorization, the question is, is a home program provided? Is it carried out? So I feel like that's an important thing to document. And then that's also, if another therapist walks into your next session, they can pull the note prior and it says, home program given, usually I put H-E-P, colon, and then list out what I gave. So that the next therapist walking in can say, hey, how did it go last week working on such and such?
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And
1: then you're holding the family accountable for their child's progress.
0: Yep, exactly. And anybody can follow up because it's all written right there. And also, I guess speak a little bit of timeliness, what is the right time frame for getting your daily notes done? What's the expectation? What's real?
1: Um, I think the expectation should be they're, they're called a daily note. I mean, I think daily is, a, is an expectation. They mm-hmm. should be done daily. Mm-hmm. Um, if it gets too far past that, weeks and months out, you can't document what, happened that day especially when we're talking about the home program what did you give them that day the safety that was instructed on that day that's not going to end up being reflected in your notes and I think that that's such a critical piece of what we what we do and what we go over you know sometimes you do have a busy day and sometimes you've got somewhere to be at the end of the day and you're rushing on to the next thing and you know it's not real world that everybody can go home and set up and do a bunch of notes at home so plan on coming in 30 minutes early the next morning to finish up all your notes from the day before and start that day on a clean slate
0: yeah you're right i mean if you're more than a week out if you're not finishing your daily notes by the end of the week you're behind Yep. yeah and, and you, so i would say if,
1: if there's nothing else that by the close of business on friday those notes have to be wrapped up for that
0: week yeah i mean really that's how you just maintain your own sanity because otherwise you can get in a deep dark hole of yes. not happy place then you start to really feel overwhelmed, and, and you can't remember. It's not accurate. I mean, it's not as good documentation as it should be. But you're right. The expectation is every day, but then at the least, it's done by the end of the day on Friday. Because
1: mm-hmm. after that, all you're doing is checking the box, and you're not doing the why mm-hmm. the of the mm-hmm. note anymore.
0: Exactly. And it loses its purpose. But then also one reason I think people sometimes get behind in their daily notes is they're writing things that aren't useful. You know, they're writing for you, for example, with the bath chair, you're explaining, okay, exactly what to use it for, how to use it, when to use it, how to clean it, all of that. But, you know, you don't have to write anything about child has cute curly ponytails or she wears, you know, red glasses or cute little polka dot dress or that you saw the child in the home with the parents present and the uncle and the next door neighbor, the mailman stopped by. You don't need to write all that. That's not important. No. <laughs> and I think that's a trap that a lot of times people fall into, especially initially writing too much instead rather than just writing what's most important. uh uh-huh. Yeah. So one of the things I notice is when yeah, you know, like in graduate school, you're taught and you're actually given an A through an F on documentation. I don't know. Can you remember that? I remember being graded on some of my daily notes. It's take me like thirty minutes to an hour sometimes to write up one daily note, much less the eval. Those took hours. There's a purpose for why they teach you all that in graduate school. You know, they teach you the theory behind it. You know, the fact that you've got to document exactly what happened and all that. But when you get out in the real world, meaning really working world, you can't spend thirty minutes a daily note. You know, so you have to sort of take what you learned and understand the theory and everything behind it. But then you have to put into practice what you need to document what actually happened and, you know, what instruction you gave to the parent. Just the basics uh, the basics of what you did, what the child did, the instruction you gave for the parent and move on. Okay. Yeah, I think that's sometimes a learning curve for everybody uh, right out of school. At least it was for me. I don't know. How about you?
1: I think they do start off writing a lot, um, and it is a little bit of overkill, but, you know, and that's part of what we do, too, in mentoring people is to help them cut back on what is necessary, and again, it goes back to this is what you build. Your billing has to match what you're documenting as far as what you did, you know, really, really listing it out as far as what items were done, in, in, and really it's that objective portion that takes so much time. People do spend a lot of time writing on the assessment portion of the notes, yep. um, you know, exactly how they perform something. You know, if your goal is to get to men assist and they're at max, assist or they're dependent right now, put D and move on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And you don't have to write big, long sentences. No, because that kind of also, you know, at PDT, we have 100% electronic medical records, and our patients' records are all electronic charts and electronic everything. So use the technology. Most of these EMR systems, or I think most of them, I think all of them basically have either pre-populated phrases that are common to use, or we've actually loaded in goals. We've loaded in pre-populated therapeutic specific interventions or, or, you know, kind of our own little phrases. So you should use what's there. Now you can switch it around a little bit because you don't want your daily notes to be cookie cutter. Again, they need to be a reflection of what really happened that day, but use what the technology, it's a computer, make it work for you. Yeah, and I think sometimes that's something people need to really make sure they're using the computer. Okay, so Kirsty, help me out if we want to recap this whole thing. Number one, timeliness. Daily notes, daily notes need to be done in a timely manner. Daily they <laughs> daily. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, they're,
1: they're to be done at the end of the business day. Worst case scenario, private. Close the business on Friday.
0: Yep. Two, you have to do it. Like, they have to be done. They're not optional. Can't opt out of a daily note. You have to do it. Well, and that kind of goes the timeliest because they say we have to be done by the end of the week. But you know, you can't opt out of them. They're not an if. It's not a. It's just a yes. You have to do it. It's not a maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it has to reflect what you did. Mhm. So that's point number three. They have to be a reflection of what you did. They have to be functional. And then, do we leave anything out of those?
1: I have also as an essential documentation that those evaluations have to be in no later than five days. And I personally think that's a long time to get an evaluation in because that's a whole other week. Mm-hmm. That the child goes
0: untreated. No, you're right. I mean, I agree with you about that. And I think the eval needs to be in a lot sooner than five days, too. And we are going to have a whole other podcast on goals, plans of care, how to write good goals. So that's just like a little teaser for a future podcast. But in terms of timeliness of an eval, you're right. It needs to be really within 72 hours, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I do. Okay, so Kirsty, I think we mentioned a good point then. If the evaluation is not in, in a timely manner, it holds up therapy. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes back to our why.
1: Definitely, and, and when you're looking at somebody who's getting a child that has a question about feeding, they're concerned about feeding, they're concerned about torticollis, head position, they're concerned about sensory issues, they're bringing them in because they need help. Mm-hmm. They need to know what to do with that child. And if we wait five days... Let's say they're avowed on a Monday and we don't turn it in until Friday or even, I mean, we have five days, so they can turn it in Saturday, it, you know, it's at the end of the day on Monday. Well, now it's not until the next week that it gets submitted. They might not get in for another week. It holds up that child getting help.
0: And I think our therapists are understand all this, but I think, just in general, you touched on the fact there's gatekeeping requirements for Medicaid, for TRICARE, for all insurances. And when I say gatekeeping, meaning we have to send off something to these insurance companies to say, here's what we want to do with this patient. And they have to basically send us something back saying we can do that. So if the therapist doesn't turn their evaluation in timely, then it just holds that whole, because we have that authorization process to go through. I mean, for example, I see a lot of our therapists turn them around in like 24 hours even. And which mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I just think that needs to be something that everybody thinks about and considers when they're doing their documentation. Sure. It goes back well, to our why. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I think, I think too, what happens is a lot of times, well, therapists might think, well, their authorization hasn't run out yet. I still have all auth- They can still be treated. But not realizing if they're not getting their eval in in the five days that we have, it's still got to get processed by somebody else over at administration and they've got to send it off to insurance, and then they've got to wait for the response back. So it could, in fact, affect the
0: care. Oh, for sure. And to go along with that, all of the people that we see and in the therapy industry have to have a referral from a physician. So what these evaluations do and, and daily notes do is we send them back off to the referral source so it communicates to them, hey, look, you trusted us enough to send this patient here with this referral Here's what we're doing. So it just communicates to them, we're taking care of the person that you sent to us. You know, th- uh-huh. this is what we're doing. So I think the timeliness of that evaluation, I think the therapist needs to think about that in general, too, because we have to communicate back. Here's what we're doing with your person. Uh-huh. So and that is probably a whole other podcast in and of itself. So we'll just uh-huh. take a little note there and move on. All right. So I think we're going to need to wrap this one up, though. I appreciate it, Kirsty. Thanks for being with me. You're really, when it comes to documenting, I think you do it smarter and more efficiently than... Probably anybody I know. So I appreciate your insight today. And for everybody else listening, I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you next time on a different topic. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.